0: This is the theme we're going to talk about this month. Repeat with me, please say, rerouting, rerouting your, financial river. your financial river. This will answer the question, what happened to your money? Now, the short answer is you spent it, <laughs> along with me. But I do want to, uh, to give you some things to think about that I think will help at least answer a question. And so let me just pray one more time. God, let the message today. Be helpful and inspirational as we talk about what happened to our financial resources. And Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. If, you're, if your financial life was a river, the question is how well does your river flow? If you notice in the graphic, we've got a river with money in it, dollar signs, and some of you said, that's exactly what's happening to my money, it's going up the river. How can you reroute the river? What can you do to change this life you're now living? Because when you look in the mirror, this is not what you imagine you'd be. This is not the place you dream to be. What can you do to change that? Well, I want to give you um, some ideas. And I want you to think about, for a minute, just imagine, what if you didn't have credit card debt? What if you didn't have a mortgage debt? What if you didn't have, name the debt, name the debt, name the debt. Just imagine. That when you got paid, you really have the power to control and to have control of your money. Now, I understand that for a lot of people, their financial river is totally different. And I put some facts down from a book uh, Susie Orman wrote called The Money Class. You can buy it. It's a good read. You'll enjoy it. I love it because I'm kind of, what I'm doing right now is filling my mind with books on stuff like this, reading, reading about resources and money. This is the month I do that. You should have a season when you do that. This is the season I read about this. And I'm trying to improve myself, understand things. It's got some really great, great um, chapters in there about um, reverse mortgages. Don't do it. Uh, (laughs) Second mortgages. Don't do it. Uh, She gives some really great advice about stuff that you want, don't want to do in your life. And if you do do it, she says, okay, here's what. If you're going to do it, do it this way. And she outlines the the process and gives you some really good tools to help you. And uh, then she goes through a couple of things that I thought were really phenomenal. She says, for example, a record number of people over 60 are being forced to stay in the workforce, causing fewer openings in the workforce for young people. And there's a competition now that didn't exist, uh, but now that competition is becoming very real. Uh, there's uh, a challenge with people paying monthly base- monthly um, responsibilities. They once had the ability to pay for their bills on a monthly basis, but now it's, man, by the time you get to the 20th, you're broke. You know, it's like, what can I do to get out of this monthly bill crisis? Their children oftentimes are facing a future where they live with less than their parents. This is gonna be the poorest generation, they say, in a long time. Kids today will not be able to leave home as fast. They will have to go uh, after college, stay with their parents longer than they want to. And that's for a lot of reasons. Now, I'm gonna tell you, you'll see in a moment, part of what will feed that in your life is debt. And I'll show you how that all works in just a moment. Uh, A record number of students with with extended loan payments um, that they got in college are now beginning to question the wisdom of getting these loans. They're beginning to think, man, you know, (laughs) get out of town. I owe how much, money?" Someone asked a question in the last service. uh, They asked me, they said at the end of the Q&A session, they said, "Um, what do you do if you have one of these loans? I said, call these people and pay them. I said, do not get that letter in the mail and ignore them. You'll mess up your credit. You'll do things you don't have to do. It's it's a smart loan. You went to school. Thank God. Some of you say, I didn't finish. Still call those people. Still pay them. Uh, You'll create a crisis for yourself that will create more financial hardships down the road. So some of you say, I'm going to get that letter out and call those people on Monday and say, my name is. I'm sorry I didn't respond. I really want to make this right. What can we do? And then you start working on a plan. and, And if you can't pay them, tell them the truth and then work toward paying them. But it's really, really important to, to do that. Now, I want to summarize for you in this month five adjustments that can reverse or reroute your financial river. Five things. How many things did I say? Five. Five adjustments. Okay. Now, there are other things you can do, but these are the five I'm going to talk about this month. The first thing is I want you to adjust what you believe. You have to adjust what you believe. Your belief system affects everything. And that's what I'll talk about today. We'll spend all of our time on talking about adjusting what you believe. Secondly, we'll talk about next week, adjusting what you sow. Say it with me, please. Come on. Adjusting what you sow. The word sow means plant. What you plant, what you give, you have to adjust that. We will focus in this month on one main verse, Galatians 6, 7 through 10. Now, the reason I've chosen this verse is because, I mean, there are a lot of verses I could have chosen, but this one just kind of takes me where I need to take you. It, It forces us to think about, Uh, what we do in life and how what we do in life affects what we get in life. And you'll see more about that in just a moment. Thirdly, adjust, adjust. well, next week you'll see more about that. Adjust what you, adjust your money, (laughs) I can say it on a good day, adjust your management habits. Say that with me, please, come on. Adjust your management habits. I love this. Teamwork is better work. Say that, come on. Teamwork, if you work alone with your money, you're probably not going to do as well as a person who works with somebody. It's teamwork. You're married, you try to work your money, his money, you're gonna be a broke family. You will always struggle, you'll always argue over money, you're never really gonna have an advantage because of your money, my money, and we play games, who's got the most money. It's when we are open and honest and transparent. I have learned this, and I'll talk about my testimony about this and how you know, I've done well, God's been good, I worked hard, but if I could go back and tell myself, I said Temple, come on now. Put it all on the table. Put it all on the table. Don't try to save the day. Don't be the hero. Just let's talk openly. I love, you know, planning vacations and I've just planned a vacation and she just found out where we go. When we, I mean, she would be a part of it, but I like to surprise her. She thinks she's getting get in the regular room. It's going to be a double suite. And I want to see the wow when they walk in. That's my high. Wow. Diane, how much that cost? Shoot. Listen, here's what you can do for me. And see, I thought that was a negative spirit. (laughs) I I wanted to wow. And and we had some great vacations, some great times. But in hindsight, I now see the wisdom of sharing the burden. Because if there's a financial consequence later on and you're upset about it, well, you didn't tell me, you know, and then you're suffering alone. And a lot of guys do this all the time. You're suffering alone. If you just let them know, just put it on the table and just just lay it out. I mean, I, I I I said this someplace else. I was teaching the other day. I said, look, if you're married and your wife's, you know, wife asks you a question, say, where is the money? Just tell it. I spent it all, baby. <laughs> it's all gone. Put it out there. You know, okay, I know that's hard to say. But at least you're starting from an honest place. And I, I just can't tell you enough about that. I'll, I'll come back to it in, in, in our third teaching. Number four, adjust your money routines. Come on. Adjust your money routines to match your money goals. To match your money goals. You're supposed to read with me. Ready? Say it again. Come on. Say, adjust your money routines, your money routines. To, match your money goals. to match your money goals. That's how you do it. That's right. you got to match them. You have a goal, but your routines don't say you have that goal. You're trying to save, but your routines don't say you're saving. There's nothing in your life that says it. My challenge was to align those two, and I'll come back to that later. And then the last one, adjust your comfort level when you have money discussions. Say that with him. Please come on. Adjust your comfort level when you have money discussions. How comfortable is it for you to talk about money? For a lot of people it's uncomfortable. And for me there was a season when it was uncomfortable and I'm learning to be more comfortable. But I've just learned that I have to be willing to do that. I have to be willing to have money talks. And I'll deal with this whole idea of having money friends, buddies you talk to and share and Budettes you talk with and share and kind of go through, um, here's what I'm saving, here's what I make. Um, someone asked a question in the other service, that said, um, said, should you share with your kids how much money you make? And I said, yeah, well, you know, I, I share with mine. I mean, you know, mine have asked me, you know, flat out, what do you make? And, and all these questions, and, uh, you know, and I, I'll tell them. And, and even when I, what I make outside the church, church, what I, my business, whatever I do, and I'll, I'll tell them. And I've, I've learned something, though, that you got to be wise and measure that depending on where the kid is and depending on where you are. What I've learned is uh, a mentor of mine says something that has always been a guiding light for me. Don't put things in people's head they can't get out. If they're not at the level where they can manage that in their head and heart, don't do it. Wait until it processes and you'll, you'll know when that should be. But I do believe in openness and transparency, especially when you're trying to bring the family into a budget structure. You're trying to bring the family along. If everybody knows we only have $1,000 extra a month, we cannot go and spend $2,000 on a keyboard. Because everybody knows we got $1,000. And if everybody knows that we only have $1,500 for this vacation or $2,000 for this vacation or whatever we've got, or we've got $500 for this weekend to have fun, that's the only fun money we have, then it gets to be reasonable. People say, okay, well, let's go to the movies or, you know, let's have a staycation. You know, we go out to dinner one time. People work with you. But if you're working alone and you're not comfortable talking about that because it makes you look small or not feel prosperous, you'll just spend money you shouldn't have, don't have, and put yourself in a place that hurts everybody long term. Now, if, if, if that's clear in your mind, let me get you to, to look with me, if you'll please. Now, this is important, you ready? I gotta get you to turn your notes over. Ready? I'm cheating, okay? I am cheating. I wanna read a verse to you and I want you to hear the bottom line goal of the verse is to get you to plant differently or so differently. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 through 10, the focus is to get you to believe something. If I get you to believe this, I'll change your actions. If I don't get you to believe this, it's over. What you believe affects everything. And so that's what I want to focus on. I want to read the verse before I go back and do a test, okay? Here's what he says in verse 7. Paul talking to the Galatian church that's going off the tracks. They are making decisions. They're starting to believe things that aren't true and aren't healthy. In chapter 1 of Galatians, he says, If I or an angel from heaven come to you with any other doctrine, ignore them. And then at the end of the book, he says, Do not be deceived. Look at that in verse 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Pause there. Look at the pastor for a second, please. God does not want you deceived. It is my argument that a lot of us make the choices we make because we're deceived. When it comes to money, when it comes to finances, we have been conditioned. And we believe things that are not healthy are true. All you have to do is look at your life results, and it tells you that it's not true. You have been deceived. He does not want you to be deceived. Here's what Paul says. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Read that with me, please. Come on. A man reaps what he sows. Listen now. The one who sows to please his sinful nature. If you, just, if you just plant things and do things to make yourself feel good. And I love the term he uses, sinful nature. Sinful nature, take the word sin for a minute. I was talking to somebody this week, and I told him to do this. And put it, to the, put it to the side and just say, that's bad for me. Putting my hand in fire is bad for me. And if you saw me about to do it, you said, Pastor, that's bad for you. It's going to hurt. That's what a sin is. It's something that's bad for you. Can I get off the track and on the track? I'm off the topic. Can I do that for a second? Do you know one of the reasons why God tells you to wait to get married, to be sexually intimate with people? He knows it's bad for you. Long term. Right now, it may not be. Maybe may be wonderful, but not long term. Pregnancy, disease, blah, 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 a whole bunch of other things, relationship dependency, um, the way it affects your mind, the way you were wired and made, you were not made for that. It's bad for you. Long term, it's bad for you. It's bad for your family. It's bad for marriage. Adultery is bad for you. It's just bad for you. It may be fun for a minute, but it's bad for you. I promise I get off of that. I'm back on track. Everybody say amen? (laughs) See, off and on. Right? I'm back on. It's just some things that are just bad for you. Stealing is bad for you. Lying is bad for you, it's just bad for you. It's bad for you emotionally. You look in the mirror, you know you're not truthful, you're not honest, you know you're deceiving people. It's just bad for you. And when when you're honest and you look at yourself, there's some things that are fun, but they're sinful, they're bad for you, and it's natural for you to do it. He said when you follow the pleasures of your sinful nature, he said it's bad for you. It's just not good. If you plant those kind of things, you reap them. Look at verse 8 again in Galatians chapter 6. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap what? Eternal life. So let us not get weary, that's the challenge, in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people and so on. So please note that there's this incredible promise here that says, if I plant or do things that are good for me, I'll have a good result. Go down to the Message Bible version I put there for you, just so you can see this. I love the Message Bible because it just says it. Don't be misled. No man, no one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, read that with me please, come on. What a person plants, watch this now, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life, this is so profound, all he'll have to show for his life is weeds. looks in the mirror and he sees nothing but weeds. Worked all my life and we're, we're, weeds. Looks at his checking account, weeds. Look at his life, weeds. Relationships, weeds. Job, we, everywhere he looks, this is not what I planted. This is not what I thought I planted. But if you could just for a moment backtrack with me and make an assumption. If you look at the pastor again. Make an assumption. Assume that everything in your life right now is something you planted. Just assume that for just a moment. No, Pastor, he broke my heart. Who chose him? Who chose him? Who fell in love with him? Who, who, who? Well, look at my money, my okay. Who spent it? God did not sign one check, and you sure didn't write many to him. How about an amen? amen? Not that many. I mean, a few here and there, but it's a tip, you know, dollar, two dollars, five dollars, whatever. It's not it's not an intentional tithe or a gift or that's a whole nother conversation we'll deal with later. But I want you to pause and think with me for a minute. If, if I can for a moment, if I believe that this is somebody else's fault, I won't respond to it the way I would if I thought it was mine. Do you believe? See, I told you the first thing we have to deal with is what you believe. And I argue that a lot of us have been deceived. If I am honest and say what I believed has not worked out for me, this is not who I wanted to be when I looked in the mirror. This is not where I wanted to be. So then what works? A different harvest. The powerful thing about all this is everything in my life can be changed by planting something new. Everything. Now, it may take a few minutes, Exodus 23, 28, 29. I love the verse. Exodus 23. Here's why I love it. I'm not going to give you the land he told Israel in one day. Little by little, I'll give it to you. There's a moment in your life when you stop the train and you say, I need to change my life. I don't like where I am. I don't like the way things feel. I can change everything by replanting, starting the day. I don't like my grades in school. Today, I stop talking on the cell phone. I carve out a, a four-hour block, no, like, just two movies. <laughs> two movies, right? You watch four hours of TV. Easy. I, I want you to pause for a minute and think about this. Your life is strongly impacted by what you plant, what you do. And if you don't like the results you see in the mirror, Let's replant. I made I made some decisions, you know, just health decisions. I said, you know, all these sodas, stop it. It's too much, too many sweet drinks. I'm just, I'm drinking all my calories, you know. And I and I, I, I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm not making fun of anybody. But when I look in the mirror, I don't want to see a certain look. Not me. I'm just. I don't want to be. I don't want to be the guy in the doctor's office getting that news. I just don't want to be that brother. I see it all the time. I, Pray for those who have it, but I don't want that. And so I'm not going to say anymore because I'm not trying to put anybody down. I just don't want that for me. And there comes a moment in your life when you say, I need to reroute this river. This river is going in the wrong direction. And it has stuff in it that I can change. Nobody's going to change this for me. One of the benefits of being raised the way I was was there was nobody else in the house but my mother and I. So if we didn't clean up, there was nobody to do it. There was only two people. We had to share the work because there was nobody else. I knew I had to help because there was nobody else. You have to pause and say, I need to take charge of my life and analyze what I believe. And if it's wrong, I need to change my beliefs. Back to the front of your notes. Would you please, for a minute. I have questions I want to ask you, two questions that will help you analyze what you believe, specifically about money. That's what we're talking about today, ready? Do you believe all debt is okay if you can make the payments? See, that, that is where a lot of us, if we're honest, that's, that's the way we've been conditioned in this culture. We've been conditioned to not pay cash, that was not true before 1970. and 1980, it really, got, it really went through the roof. Back in the 60s, 50s, 40s, when you bought something, really even in the 70s, early 70s, when you bought something, you normally put it on layaway. You remember that term? If you wanted to buy this table, you couldn't go, if you didn't have the cash, there was no credit card you could go use. These companies exploded in the 70s and especially the 80s, and everybody that breathes got a credit card, even a few dead people. And the credit cards, the credit cards became this pocket way to spend money. You used to have to go to the store, take the table, pick it out, and then they would pick the table up physically and put it in a storage room, put your name on it, and you pay, you pay pay on it over time. And and you would get uh, every week, sometimes you go by Sears or go by JC Penney's, and you would pay on your table. And you tell people, I got me a table on layaway. You know. <laughs> boys, woo that's not. God is blessing you. You got a table? All day. I'm like, yeah, I've got two more payments, man. <laughs> two more payments. And you go by, get in line, you remember that? Get in line and make the payments. You didn't hardly mail it in, you went by, man, and you paid that because you were proud to make that payment. And the last payment, you went there with your friend's truck and grabbed the table, and, and, and I'm going to give him a table. You know, last pay away. What did I say, pay away, lay away. Don't mess with me. I'm preaching hard. Anyway, so, so you know, you, you, you now, now it's not like that. And here's what they, they discovered. They discovered that you like things right now. And I want you to say something to me with me. That's hard to say, but I want you to say it with me, please. Say they are, they are. Smarter, than I am. smarter than I am. They are. They studied you. They put you in a microscope. They know what you will do. That's why they give you six months uh, same as cash. Because they know you won't pay it off in six months. They've done studies. 80% of you will not pay it off and the interest will accrue and they'll hit you with the interest on the six month in one day. They're going to pay you. No, it's it's no lose for them. They've already jacked the price up. They they got a margin in there and they're not going to lose any money. They design it to make money. I'm not against that, but I'm saying I've learned that they're smarter. The credit card system is designed to trap you. There's no way you're going to beat it. You're not, if you understand compound interest, the way interest compounds, mathematically, you can't beat it, especially if you're paying 18, 20%. You can't beat it. Making the minimum payment, that's why the government made them put at the bottom of your credit card statement, go look at it. If you make the minimum payment, you'll be paying this to 20, you're 24, for 24 years. So you'll be 44, you 20 year olds, before you finish paying for your iPad and a few shoes. There's something about understanding what I'm signing up for. And if you are a person who's accustomed to that, you, in many ways, have a belief system that is not workable long term. And let me just throw this in as a freebie. I would say this in any of the services. No salary amount will change that. You can make 50000 100000 150000 doesn't matter. Because what's going to happen is when you, when you up your income, you're going to up your, your, buy, your purchases. You get a Ford, then you get a Lexus, then you get a Mercedes, then you want to, you know, what else? Lamborghini, right? How do you know about Lamborghinis? Lamborghinis. And, and you start wanting more and more, and before you know it, you're, you're not there. And if you don't think that's true, look at the movie stars. Look at the rocks. Look at the people who've made millions of dollars and ask yourself, how in the world can you make a hundred million dollars and be broke? Because you spent 101 million. Because <laughs> you believe you're going to make it every year and you don't make it but one year in your life and you gave it to all your friends and buddies and before you know it you're in a bad place. So that's the first question. Here's the second question. This is a test. Do you believe, just testing out your beliefs, do you believe to focus on building cash in your home, ministry or business is a wrong Christian focus? It is so ironic that a lot of people struggle with focusing on building cash, building money. They have a hard time. And a lot of churches, they teach you to give, but they never talk to you about how you could build wealth for yourself. And, and then pastors are under a lot of pressure to no oh, see, that's what I don't like about that. He's going to talk about money all month. I ain't going to church. Well, stay home, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Stay home if you don't want the God to bless you. How many need a financial blessing? All right. If you don't raise your hand, Lord, don't bless them in Jesus' name. <laughs> How many of you need a financial blessing in your life? You need some cash. Amen. Praise God. That's what I'm talking about. It. I'm not just talking about this because I want to talk about it. I'm trying to talk about it because I think I think it would change your life. And I think that if 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 we think it's a wrong Christian focus and it's wrong for me to talk about it, like some pastors think, that I shouldn't do a four month or a three month. I mean, come on. Let people ha- hear a fair, honest. Unbiased, non-manipulative, summation of what the Bible says about money. Jesus talked about it all the time. Farmers, when he talked about farmers, those were business people. They were in business to make money. Sheep herders, they were, they were, sheep was their business. He talked about things that people understood. And it was a challenge then, and it's a challenge now. But if you believe it's wrong, like I did subconsciously, you will, you will, you will fend off the discussion. And here's what will happen. If your family believes it's wrong, to talk about it. If your family believes it's wrong, to focus on improving your finances and building cash. If they think it's wrong, you will never do it together. And you will never succeed as a group. You will never join together. That's why some ministries will never be able to do what they want to do because the people in the church don't have a healthy attitude towards it. So they can't talk about tithing and the power of pooling resources. That's what the tithe is about. God says, let's bring all of our tithes to the storehouse. Let's all join together. Let's pull cash together. And then as we do, God promises to bless those who give. I'll talk about that next week. But there's something that happens when people understand the power of giving. But here's the balance. How do you, and I'll talk about this next week too, how do you, as a person, Balance giving to God and saving. I believe God is committed to both. God wants you to have a a consistent plan that gives you both. The ability to honor God and yet have some resources for yourself. Now, again, sorry, flip your notes back over again. I apologize if you're here. (laughs) Power notes, right? Here we go. Galatians 6 and 9. My goal is to help you do what? Stay engaged. The problem with people is, okay, I get you to believe something, but you're not consistent with what you believe. Your actions aren't consistent. I love this statement in Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. He says, so let us not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. Once we change our belief system, let's stay with it. Let's really get to the place that we are no, not going to live this way. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop. At, I love that. At the right what? Time. We'll harvest a good time, a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Now, let me just pause and say this. I often say something recently that's been interesting to me. I am glad God did not give me all of the money he wants me to make in my life, early in my life. I would have wasted it. I would have given it to the wrong people, invested in the wrong things, and some of you would have went out and bought stuff you don't, don't need now. And so it's good that God delayed some of your money. But now that, you, now that you're at this place, if you can change your belief system and start planning different things, take on a different attitude, it's safer for God to give you more resources because you'll manage it differently. When I first started pastoring, I wanted to have a big church. That was a bad decision. I didn't need thousands of people. We have 3,000 some members now. I, I didn't need this many people when I started because I didn't understand. I needed to grow. I needed to understand. There's a lot of things that come with time. And my attitude had to adjust. My belief system had to adjust. I was deceived by all kinds of stuff. I was sincere, I, God's grace. I survived my madness, hallelujah, by God's grace. My credit score's still good, God's grace. But I'm telling you, I, 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 I really could have easily have been a victim, and in some ways was victimized, by things that I believed that wasn't true. Now, let me give you some summary thoughts, and we're going to do Q&A, okay? Let me give you, if I can, I promise you 30 minutes, five things that I personally believe about my financial river. And, these, and I'm going to use the word cash, Now I'm going to use it five times. So can you say it one time? Say cash. Now, I hope it doesn't bother you. I hope they don't feel fit. He said cash, 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 cash. I pray God blesses you with cash, cash, cash. You like that prayer, don't you? Uh huh. Here you go. Number one. Cash in your river, not credit, gives you the power to set the pace for your life. Cash gives you power to set the pace. How much you work, how many hours you work, all that's set by the cash you have. If you have money, you can slow down your work pace. You don't have to work as hard, double time, overtime, triple time, full jobs, and all that kind of stuff. The lack of cash causes this, not credit. Credit is is, uh, a nice thing to have, but it's not what you need to focus on. You don't, you need, if you focus on just building your credit, watch it, because that's money you're going to owe somebody for the rest of your life. Number two, credit in your river, credit in your what? River, can hijack the pace of the controls and the controls to your life. Credit hijacks you. Look at my hand for a second. These. This is a steering wheel. Credit does this. It, it, it can jerk your life. You better pay me. you late. You're always looking in the mail to see what you got to pay that month. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Open the light bill. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 or if you have a credit card that has fluctuating payments, you don't know what you're going to have to pay. You're, you're, you're controlled by that credit. You don't want that. You want to change that. And the way to start that is to start today believing another way to spend, believing in another way to do it. Number three, cash in your river gives you the power to choose. Say that with me. Please come on. Cash in your river gives you the power to choose. You can say, any me, money, mo, I want to work here, or there I go. You can choose where you work. If you get laid off, you're not worried about it. Everybody else is falling out, you go on vacation because you have cash. You're not worried about not working for three months or six months because you have cash. You're okay. It's when you understand that, it's when you understand that, that it changes everything. Number four, cash in your river gives you the power to serve without a selfish motive. I don't have anything up my sleeve. I have no ulterior motive when I try to sell you something because my cash is strong so I don't have to manipulate you in a sales deal in order to get this sale because I'm okay if if you don't buy it. So I become more honest. I can be more honest with people. It, it, It affects, for a lot of women, listen to me ladies, you plug into this, you won't marry just anybody. How you doing? He fine. He got a job. Where well, he work. Oh, that's God's will. <laughs> that's God's will right there. <laughs> Honey, if he a little ugly, we'll do a, we'll fix him up, okay? <laughs> What'd he make, 300000 a year? Jesus said yes. Jesus said yes. <laughs> what? Guys know that? Guys know that. Guys, guys aren't crazy, they know. He can be ugly as a sack with no, no hair, it don't matter. We'll paint him, we'll fix him up, we'll get a tie, whatever. Three hundred thousand is what he has a year. <laughs> Shoot. If you're not careful, that becomes your motive, ladies. You gotta be careful about that, guys. You gotta be careful. You pick your friends based on what they make. When you have your own money, it changes everything. It changes how you interact with people. Number five. Cash in your river gives you the power to tell the truth without fear. You sow differently, you plant differently, you act differently. And that's why I want God to bless you. So that you have the power to make decisions and power to change the world. Next week, I'm going to talk about adjusting what you sow. Now, I'm going to deal with two big questions. Does what I give have a direct effect on what I receive? I believe it does. But I'll talk about that next week. And then number two, do I, how do I balance my church giving and personal savings? And I just don't think we talk enough about that. God wants you to have money. God wants you to have resources. So, think about what you believe. It's going to change your life. Did I help you today? Come on, did I help you? I hope so. Now, for the next uh, 10 minutes or so, I'm going to do Q&A, okay? You get to ask me questions, and these are money questions. Now, these are not comments, okay? What are these are not? What? Comments. okay? I I appreciate the comments. You come to me afterward and talk to me about that. But I really need you to give me a question about what I've said. And it's got to be what kind of question? question. Money, money question. question. What kind of question is it going to be? Money, money question, question. Okay. Don't know everything, but I'll give you some thoughts that I may have. So raise your hand, and I'll entertain, entertain, entertain I can get this out, your money questions. If you're watching from home, you can email me a question at pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. Pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. We'll respond to you later, but feel free to send a question if you desire, and we'll jump in here and say, we'll see what we can say. Yes. Pastor. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you supposed to pay your tithes off your gross or off the net? Uh, uh, the answer is short is when they tithe in the Bible days, they grew a 10 acre crop. Right. They would they would take one acre and give that to God. Attack. When, when you tithe off of your um, off of your net, that's after you pay your tax bill. You might as well put your light bill, your phone bill and all those other bills in there, too. I tell people tithe off what you want to be blessed on. But I believe you tithe off the top of what you make. But you know that's because that's how that's the model in Scripture that they tithe off of what they made, off the increase itself. Um, But you know, for some people, that's a thirty-dollar difference, twenty-dollar difference, or whatever it is. I just believe that God's going to bless you you when you give. And uh, but that's the short answer to the question. Okay, somebody else have a question? Boy, that must silence everybody. So that's it. I ain't (laughs) asking no more questions like that. First of all, I ain't. What did he say? Jesus. Hey, let me tell you something. Don't sweat anything. Don't sweat anything. We have a 90-day challenge. Tithe for 90 days and see and trust God for 90 days. And I believe God worked miracles in your life. Honoring God does something that's amazing for you. Giving, period, does. Uh, but don't be stressed. Just move forward with me. Yes? Um, sometimes we don't reach our financial goals and objectives because we don't know how to place our priorities right. Mm-hmm. And that can entail doing what's painful or needful to get to where we want to be. So my question is, how do you learn to do the painful or the needful? How do you learn to do the painful or the needful? You know what you do? You look in the mirror and say, is that the person I want to be? And if you want to stay where you are and live like this, then you keep doing what's easy. It's when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. I, I don't want our church to be broke. I don't want our church to not be able to do good things in the world. We're sending missionaries over. We can't do those things don't have resources. If you get tired of your family, fighting over money, struggling over money, you get tired of this, you will decide to look in the mirror and say, I'm gonna change what I believe. It starts with what I believe. The, the Bible talks about faith, the same thing I'm talking about today. Without faith it's impossible. Until you have faith and believe in the right thing and do the right thing, nothing's gonna change. Faith in God is the right thing to do. Faith in these principles I'm talking about are the right things to do, playing the right thing. So that's what helps you change. That's what helped me change. You know, you get sick of being embarrassed. You get sick of, you got a problem. You can't transfer. You don't have $1,000. You work every day for how many years? And right now, if you need $1,000, you're struggling. Man, that's not good. That's not good. I mean, come on. You're working every day. You're slaving every day. You're going to these people's jobs you don't like. What in the world are you doing? This cannot be where God wants me to live. You know what I mean? So you get, you get, when you get tired of that, and you say you mean it, you change your life. You get tired of back hurting and neck hurting and can't move, and oh God, scared to go to the doctor because he gonna give you a bad report. It's when you say, you know what, I'm pouring this, so, I'm pouring this out, I'm not drinking this stuff, I'm not doing this anymore, I don't, I don't wanna be there. I don't wanna be there. That's what changes you. You're never gonna change anything until you're mad enough to change it. And I, break your temple? No, I'm done. I'm done, finished, don't, don't want them to control my life. I, li- I, like, my, I like my family. I like the way Don and I are relating. I like what God's doing in our resources. I love this. I love the fact that we are on the same page. Ain't that right, baby? We're rolling down the river. <laughs> we, re, we are rerouting. Our, we, we are, we're not, look, we're not preaching something we're not doing. We are, right now, rerouting our financial river. Because I'm, I'm serious, and that's what I'm doing in this church, because we, we're not playing. This campaign, the magic campaign, we're about to do some amazing things. You know, we, we almost made some bad decisions. We were sincere, but we, we really, God really helped us. But, but it, you had to come to that point where you say, this has got to end. So hope that helps, man. I said a lot there. Somebody else. Question, question, question. Where are you? Over here. Over here. Where else? Anybody over here got a question? Raise your hand. Let me know. And then we'll come to you. Yes. What's your question? Do you think it's a good idea to close accounts or credit cards when you haven't paid them off yet? No, you need to try and pay them off and then close them. Yeah, yeah, they might get you if you don't pay them off. <laughs> Mess up your credit. You know, and, and, you know pay them off, and um, sometimes they say start with the smallest one you got, you know, one for $200, pay that off first, and then celebrate, yay, $200. I'm I'm Go tell people, I paid it off, I paid it off. They don't know you got five more, but just pay that one off, you know. And then work your way, you, but you know what I believe? You keep planting the right seeds, you get the right harvest. It's all about planning, so good. Somebody else, question? Money question, money question. That, that's a stress. Ain't no money question. Okay. <laughs> yes, right here. Right here. Raise your hand high so they can see you right there. Good. Hello, okay. Pastor. Um, the student debt crisis is over a trillion dollars for the students in the United States. So what advice do you have? Because you have a lot of college students here um, in your ministry. So what advice do you have to the students who are graduating who are going to be in debt? What are you going to do for a living? A social worker in the clinical field. I, I'm glad you... Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, you're social workers. You're just showing out, all you social worker people. I'm so awesome. I'm, I'm glad you know that. You know, that says something. That's um, bless you, girl. She know what's going on. Uh, you know what I think? I think student debt is a good debt if you use it right. You go to school, you take full advantage of education, and if it costs 40000 50000 it costs 40000 it costs 100000 it costs what it costs, if it's, a good, if it's worth the education. What you do then, once you decide to spend this money, is you take, the, you, once you get out, you call those people, you set up a deal, and you go for it. What you don't want to do is start school and don't finish. You don't want to do that, okay? If you know you're not going to finish, don't start. Wait until you get to that place in your life when you're going to finish. Because if you start and don't finish, you get the debt and no, and no money. That's the problem. That's the problem for a lot of the student loan debt, okay? Secondly, I think, I think if you, if, you, if, if we're gonna deal with this problem of student loan debt, we're gonna have to help people in high school, before they sign up for this debt, fully understand what they're getting into. Parents in particular who are co-signing need to understand the reality and how you can't get out of some of this, especially the private loans. You can't get out of this. You can't even get rid of it in bankruptcy. You know, you need to really understand that this stuff stays with you. So you want people to understand that. And if you're in school, right, and the student loan crisis you hear happening, just make sure you're not so hung up on Dayton, Bubba, and Ann that you forget why you're in college. It ain't to find a man, and he broke my heart, so I can't do my homework. No. <laughs> Wipe your tears, do your homework, and pray for him. Okay? And be successful. So, um, it is a crisis, and it is an unsecured debt. It's really dangerous. It's a rising debt, and you're right. That's an amazing number you just quoted, too. Thank you. Somebody else? Yes? In terms of working towards paying off debt, is it a better strategy to use your savings that you've established or is it better to work um, off of what you're accumulating and paying off that debt? Depends on how much the debt is and depends on how much you got saved. Sometimes if you have enough saved where you can pay it off and be free, you save on the interest side. It depends on where you are. If you don't have enough where, for example, let's say you, you've taken your last $3,000 that's your emergency fund money and you're going to pay off the debt, there's only, you know, $50 a month or $100 a month, you might want to pay the $100 a month, keep the 3000 so that when you have a problem, you're not destitute. The biggest challenge is having no cash, no place to go, no one to call. It's just horrible to, to, to not have it. So if you got a savings, weigh out how much of it you can reduce the debt by, how much you'll save. You might say, well, you know, let's say you got 50000 you got 10000 worth of debt, pay the debt off. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It depends on what you've got. And, and, and get rid of that. You don't need that in your life. Save on the interest for the 10000 and then, you know, you're fine. So it depends on how large that savings is, and depends on how much the payment is. Thank you. Hope that helped. Yes, somebody else. Where we are? Right here? Yes. Hold on. Cut. They'll cut your mic on, brother. Like, there you go. Good morning, Pastor. Good morning, sir. Um, I want to ask you a dumb question. Go ahead. Throw <laughs> it at me. I already know. Um, why is that? No matter how much mankind makes, you can never get enough. You just want to make more. Because, you know, that's right, we're consumer-driven. And I think that the heart dies and never satisfied with seeing. And you, you get to a place where you, you just run off this cliff of greed. And I, I, I think it's a great, great question. Mankind can get caught up. And that's what makes them do all this. A lot of times your debt is a sign of your mental challenges and your emotional challenges more than anything. When I look at how I spent money sometimes, I said, you were depressed. <laughs> it made no sense for you to go in there and buy that money many clothes. What you buying that for? You can't even wear them all. Still got tags on them. You are just trying to feel better. And, and and you do get something out of it. I took my kids shopping one time. And, um, and you know, and my, my mother raised me to shop. I like buying clothes. As a matter of fact, let me tell you my own story. You it might, you might be more funny if you get them for a minute. I, I, went and bought some, I went and bought some suits. I went and bought some suits the other day. And I, you'll see them. I'm going to bling them out in a couple of weeks. I'm going to come in. You're going gonna, to gonna say, that's one right there. That's one suit. those suits. Oh, they're nice. nice. So. I, I like clothes. I do. And um, in the store I go to, and I've told the story before, the store I go to in L.A., I, I, before I go in the store, I stand outside in a certain spot outside the store, and I pray. I pray. <laughs> see, I say, Lord, see, get honest with yourself. Lord, I'm going in here in Jesus' name. Now, I say, this is what I prayed that I prayed this prayer a couple days ago. Father, you know, I, 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 love, I love buying clothes. And I go in here and overstimited my budget, but I, I speak by faith, and I pray. I pray the prayer, went inside the store, and, and I, I stay with my, within my budget. And I, I told the salesman, he's a good friend, you know, he's been selling me stuff for a long time. And, he'll, and, he, and he, 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 he run, last time he was, he was showing me all this stuff, and my head starts swimming. I said, come here, come here, come here. And I said, come and stand out here with me. I said, what is this? He said, well, I, what, it's the ground, Temple. What do you think? It's the ground. I said, this is my prayer spot before I came in there. I told God that I was not going to spend more money. He had to laugh himself. I believe you have to be honest about your, this urgent need. You have this insatiable desire to get stuff. And, and if, if I'm honest with it and I believe it's in my life, I can deal with it. It's when I deny it. So I look at myself, and, I, and I'm, so I'm like everybody else. I like nice stuff. I like iPads. I like, you know, they got a new Apple watch. I'll probably be wearing it. You'll say, that's the Apple watch you got on. I'll probably be wearing it. I like stuff like that. I like gadgets. I like stuff. And, and I'll overdo it. So I, what I do is I set a budget, I set an amount, and I stay within it. And I, t- I challenge myself to not go overboard. Uh, because I'll never be satisfied with stuff. They get iPad 6, I'm going to want that. They get iPad 7, I'm going to want that. What if they get iPad 8, what do you think? How about iPad 10 and 15? See, that's why I got to tell myself, hold on to the three. <laughs> I'm going to be crazy. You just have to deal with And sometimes you have to talk to yourself. You are crazy right now. That's why I think it's important to have money conversations and friends in your life who help you. Say, come on, what are you doing? You got a car that's working. Why are you buying these new cars every year? Pause, stop yourself. Sorry, else. where are we? I got two, three more and I got to stop. Okay, where are we? Okay, here, and then we go to, we're going to work this way. How about that? Okay. And I'm done. Let me see the hand so I can end because I got to end. One. Okay. Two, three. Where are we Where are we? That's it. We're done. Three, three, and we're done. Okay. Yes. Uh, Pastor Rick, what are your thoughts on um, husband and wife sharing a bank account or having access to one another's bank account? I believe a girl needs cash. <laughs> Diane's got to have her own money. And um, I'm just, I'm, all the brothers not clapping yet. They said, no, I don't know about that now. He's starting some trouble in my life. Now, here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I, I believe we should have a bill account that we, we share resources resource in, and that bill account is where we pay our main bills from. And I, but I believe that Diane has to have her own Access, you don't need to ask me if you want to buy a blouse or buy some shoes. I believe in the power of independence. You're grown people, you work every day, or even if you don't work every day, if you're a housewife, you work every day by being married to you. So, all that, whatever you, you, know, you do, you have a fair right to be uh, independent. My mom always gave me allowances. She always, always had my own independent money. And it, it, it does something for your pride and your self image. Uh, but I think it's working together when you get past that communication issue and you can talk about money openly, it just makes it easier. And so that's not an issue. If you have enough money, it's not an issue. So my prayer is for abundance in your life. So it ain't an issue. All right. Somebody else was here. Yes. Um, do you counsel couples on getting married if they are in debt? Or would you advise them to pay off their debt first before getting married? No, I think you should just know. Just don't be, don't, don't be, don't know. I, and I've known people when, and I, in premarital counseling, I, I always ask them, I say, do you know how much debt this person's in? Do you know how much money they make? And the answer is always no. 90% of the time, no. And I say, okay, go talk about this. Have a meeting and lay out your finances in detail. I mean, and, and, and credit scores. I think, I think, I even tell them to swap credit reports. Yes, I do. <laughs> I tell them that. I say, because you don't want to be the dumbest one in the room. You know, I, well, I remember one time I was counseling a couple, and, and they asked me this question, and I said, do you know how much student debt this person has? I knew. They didn't know. I said, well, tell him. I know. You know. You and I know, so tell him. And he said, she said, 40000 He said, <laughs> <laughs> He couldn't hardly breathe. He said, You dollars You owe that much? It was great. It was a great moment. They got married, but I think... I just think it makes the playing field level, and I really think it. it some of you said, "I know you, you don't want to give that kind of business," but if they won't give, they won't show you that. Don't marry them, because because what is there to hide? We're, I'm, I'm liable when we get married. We're, no, that's my business, my debt. Not listen, listen, listen. You you swimming up the wrong river. You're going to be in a place where you don't know where the wolves are. I just believe in people knowing so. That's what I tell couples. One more? Was there one more here? Yes? Yeah. And then one more over here and we're done. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I guess my question is, how do you know to, when to stop being so tight with your budget to actually spend some money on yourself? I love that question because <laughs> I love spending money on myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, I think what you do is you, you, you really, first of all, when you change your values and say, I'm going to stop spending cash I don't have. For example, I'm not going to go and charge something that I don't have the money in the bank to pay today. So instead of, I'm not going to wait 30 days. Let me get this out of the way first. I'm not going to wait 30 days. If I don't have the money today, I'm not going to buy anything. I don't have the money to pay for today. You say, well, I'm using it for the miles. Forget the miles, you never fly anyway. So forget all that. You know, you, you need, you need, you need to say, um, if, if, if I charge it at three o'clock, I can go home and pay for it at four. You know, I, if I want to get the miles, that's how disciplined I'm going to be. That's our commitment, right, Diane? That's our commitment. So, you know, if I, if I when I bought those clothes, if I was, okay, fine, but you gotta go home and pay that. And I told, you know, we did, and that, that night, went and we just paid it off. Because that, that's the commitment. I'll never reduce debt, never get to another place if I don't. So I think it's really important for, for a person to have fun with their money, but have fun with your money, not somebody else's credit, okay? And, and when you know how much you got, you can look at it, yeah, okay, I can do $20. I can do 1000 I can do 500 Those are good feelings. That was great to go and buy those suits and pay for them cash and walk out the door. It's all mine. I owe you a dime. It's done. God bless you. That felt great. I like that. I want to do more of that. Okay? One more and we're done. Where were you? You're here. That's it? Did 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 I answer your question already? Okay. Did you enjoy today? Come on. I hope you did. Let's have a prayer and then we're about to go home. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the day. I thank you for this opportunity to share with your people. I pray the word of God has helped and lifted the lives of your people. I pray it's transformed them. I pray that what we've talked about has opened the door of thought for them, that they would rise up to a new place of faith and confidence. I pray, God, that those in here today, many heard this sermon about money, but their issue is salvation. Their walk with you has been off. They they need to start a walk with God. So I pray for their finances, but also pray for their spiritual life. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I want want you to pray for me because my spiritual life is the issue. That's the first thing you need to fix. And so if you're here and you say, Pastor, pray for me, I need to start a walk with God today. What you said was true about my finances. Or maybe you're doing well with your finances, but you said, my issue is my spiritual life. So if you're here and you want to start a life with Jesus, you want me to pray for you? Just raise your hand so I can pray for you. Anybody say pray for me. I see a hand. I see another one. I see another one. Leave them up for me. Pray for you. Hold it. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 9, 10. Hold them up for me. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 20, 21, 20, 25, 25, about 30, 35 of y'all. Bless you. Lift every hand with them as we pray Father we pray for these who raise their, hand, raise their hands We ask you in Jesus name to let the hand of God Heal every heart, every mind Touch every soul, touch every spirit Let this be that breakthrough moment Of grace and healing I pray that the spirit of God would heal Every mind, every heart Transform every spirit That This will be that moment they say I'm going to reroute my spiritual river not just my financial river. When I look in the mirror, in six months I won't be the same person. I'm starting a new road today. God's going to change my entire life. And so, Father, I declare that in their lives today in the mighty name of Jesus. Can you all say amen with me? You should be glad you came. You should be so thrilled. You should be saying amen. Come on, people. You should be saying praise God for Great day.